and you have this spiritual being who takes on a physical form and comes down into our physical real world and teaches us how to live and shows us the way that the way to salvation and how we navigate Hey everyone, this is Michael and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. Super glad that you're joining us. We took a couple weeks off just to make sure that we were sane and check on that, but we're back in the saddle with a new series called Radical Faith. It's looking at the life and times of the prophet Elisha from the Old Testament. Today on the podcast, we're looking at the message, a double portion, which comes from 1 Kings chapter 19 and 2 Kings chapter 2. The engaged question for this episode is if you could ask for anything, or if you could have anything, what would you ask for? I'm excited about this new series and uh, being able to dive into the life of Elisha. And I'm even more excited to introduce our wonderful guest that we have on the podcast today. His audio is going to be a little bit rough because he called in, but that's okay because he can fix all those things. It is none other, our editor-in-chief. My name is Shane Miyosi. Like most other people who get on this podcast, I did go to Swahu for somehow almost over a decade. I know it's impressive. Really long college career. Yeah, he, um, he, he crammed four years of college into 10 years. It's actually really hard. Yes. I, I, Don't let anyone, the longer college takes, more impressive it is. Kidding. Uh, no, uh, studied communications and radio, TV, and film. Almost got an English degree in creative writing. I'm only two Spanish classes away or three more Mandarin classes. I love it. I love not having that degree because of a foreign language. <laughs> um, currently, uh, I produce, edit the Elevate Retake Elevate Message podcast and uh, kind of keep myself busy with a few other projects on the side. Yeah, you're, you're always stirring the pot, Shane. You got, you got so much going on. So, hey, what um, what may be someone that's new to the podcast, maybe somebody that's listened for a while now even, um, what is something that maybe they don't know from behind the scenes that would be interesting for them to to know about our recording process and editing and, and all that? Yeah, so something interesting I think people would love to hear is how non like how sometimes we're not together in the sense of like, I'm texting you, you're texting someone else, someone's recording on a phone real quick, but we still get an episode out. Yeah. Like it's a chaotic creative process. But again, <laughs> that's what it is and it's fun. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times it's me and Michael texting each other last minute. And I'm like, Hey man, what's the description? Yeah. And you're like, Oh yeah, here you go. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I think what a lot of people probably the real answer is how many conversations we've had about what this podcast should be is and is going to be that's true probably way more than people think yeah i would i would probably wager that we've spent at least 40 hours talking about the like the mission vision purpose and the different iterations of elevate retake oh yeah i think i think just me bombarding you with text messages before we started the podcast of like 13 plus ideas of what this could yeah. be yeah. So we did a lot of, we did a lot of things. And the cool thing is we've been doing this podcast for, I think six, uh, 16 months now, almost a year and a half. And wow. the way that it started with just kind of like, Hey, here's a sermon and kind of a fun little intro and outro to what we do now. I'm, 
super, I'm, I'm really proud of what we're able to produce. And it's not just uh, like, oh, kind of a hokey dokey podcast that we do from our basement, but like the quality of it that you've brought to the table and the different iterations and how we've been able to um, suss out the stories and create narrative and, and piece the episodes together in creative ways to me is just um, been astounding. And I, I love it. I eat, sleep and breathe that stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, me, uh, anyone listening who knows me knows I love a good conversation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when we first started, we were like, what is that conversation? And I feel like the more guests we've had, the more times we've talked, the more edits I've done, we've, we found it. I mean, the conversation's always going to evolve, but just knowing like we're, we're developing that conversation that I just basically what we have when we're not recording finally. Yeah. And putting it out there for a lot of people here and getting a lot of different takes on the podcast from, oh man, how many guests have we had now? I don't know. <laughs> I actually need to go back and count because I think we've done at least, f- uh, well, it would probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 to 40 retake episodes. Yeah. And that's probably at least 30 to 45 guests. Yeah. I mean, when do we start like celebrating like return guests? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like friends of the podcast or like you've heard this person before and yeah. So in in the midst of all this, you know, we, in the middle of the summer, uh, for those of you that have been listening for a while, Taylor Weaver has been the voice of this podcast, at least the, the hosting and has done a lot yeah. of behind the scenes stuff. She, um, very excited for her, very sad for the podcast, uh, had to step back um, from helping out because she's got an internship and she's uh, going out into the real world and not just in the playland of podcasts and all that kind of stuff, getting a real job and like all that kind of stuff. And it left us in this kind of quandary of what to do because like we need somebody to help out. Uh, and Shane, I, I haven't told you about the conversation I had today and, and you, you know who it is, but we are excited yeah. to bring on a new host for Elevate Retake starting very, very soon. Even the next episode of Elevate Retake, you're going to hear who the new host Wait. is. The what? next episode? Yeah. Like the next episode. Next, oh, that's like, so quick. Not this episode, but not the one you're listening to, but next week. Like, Kelvin's ready to go. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. So, Kelvin DeValle, uh, he's a student at Southwestern. We keep coming, coming across those uh, and is back. A lot of experience in radio broadcast, getting a degree in radio, TV, film. Um, and is going to be taking up a lot. Even you're going to actually, Shane, you're going to be hearing less of me on the podcast. Oh, Yes. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I'm still going to be like, I'm going to be on the message podcast. You're going to hear me preach like that. That's absolutely oh, yeah. going to be there. Um, but for the retakes over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be phasing out. And a lot of the con- uh, the conversation facilitation that I've been doing, leading the dialogue and asking questions and responding, Kelvin's actually going to take over. Um, and I think what's fun about that, I got a piece of feedback from someone that said, Hey, like, I, I appreciate your voice, your insights, all of that good stuff. But sometimes, you know, I've, I've already heard your perspective on the message. And it's nice to hear different fresh perspectives in the retake episode. And so, like, it's cool to have you on the retake episodes, but uh, it'd be nice to not have you. Oh, that's the, that's the nicest but also saddest way to just be like, please stop talking. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah. I'm okay with it because like I, I pour my heart and soul into the message and preach that and share it with you um, with full, just like, this is what it is. And I've actually really enjoyed the episodes where I have not been in the retake and have gotten to hear other people's perspectives without my maybe influence or 
um, they're able to speak more freely or kind of figure out, kind of suss out what I was trying to say in the other. So I'm excited for that. Um, I'm going to be working with Kelvin in that transition and everything, you know, certainly going to be here behind the scenes. You're going to hear from me, but you can hear just a little bit less. All right. So uh, I think that gets everybody updated where we're at now. Let's turn to the message. Shane, I'd love to get your, your thoughts, reactions, what you, uh, what stuck out to you from a double portion? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm not going to try to pronounce any of the names or remember who was doing what thing and what situation, <laughs> because even in the message, there was times you had to correct yourself because I feel like, I don't know, God, Bible, everyone naming their children back then, maybe you not have the prophets be like two letters apart. Right. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Just a, yep. just, well, no, it's, it's a cultural whatever. thing, right? Like some names and even in English sound similar, but I mean, they look similar, but then they're not because you know and understand the culture and the language and everything else, but it's kind of a foreign culture language. So yeah, no, I get it. I even confused myself. Mel, my wife afterwards was like, you said Elisha when you should have said Elijah and you, sh- you did the opposite. And I was like, I know. That, uh, man. No. I'm, All good. You know, they, they think on each other's role, whatever. We, I think, I think everyone's going to be fine if I mess it up. Yeah, yeah, and I'll I'll kind of I'll try to keep it straight for for the listeners at home. The biggest thing to me that stuck out, and it it's mainly because there's a podcast I love to listen to called Blank Check. Um, just that engaged question of like the blank check. Yeah. Right. Like, what would you do? What if if you could just do it? Like, someone if God was like, here you go. What what would you take? Like, what would you do? Um, what saints would you ask for? All that. And to me, that kind of like caught me off guard because like, I feel like a lot of people either hear that and they go, oh, you asked for monetary gain or like the um, major characters in the Bible that you brought up, they asked for uh, basically uh, skills in a way. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, give me knowledge, um, give me, you know, kind of all that. And it, it kind of like sat with me for a minute. And it's like is it wrong to ask for the ability to do something that comes with monetary gain? Hmm. But the thing is, is like, what if it like, so so for like me, right. Uh, I want to be able to tell stories professionally Mm -hmm. that comes with monetary gain. Now that's not my objective. I mean, it'd be nice to not be broke. Right. But if you can do good from the monetary gain from kind of the side thing you asked for, like, if you, if you like a blank check is for like a thing, but what if it's for a life? You know what I mean? Like what it can, can you write a blank check for your life with God? Yeah. yeah. Where it, it seems like everyone who, who has done it well after that blank check did it for their life, but they kind of do it in, I guess, a more um, philosophical way. Yeah. And I guess me going, I want to tell stories is yeah. philosophical, but like, no, I want to, I want to make things. Like things people can enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of where, like, that kind of stood out to me because I didn't know where a lot of, like, God or people listening to this or other people who are aiming for something would, like, kind of think of. Yeah. When, like, someone goes, I want a blank check so I can make, insert movies, write books, video games, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I resonate with that, right? Because there's, there's a part of us that, God has given us gifts and abilities and we want to follow after that. God's gifted you with storytelling and story catching and creating. And when you get that blank check, 
it's hard to separate yourself from that, right? And think critically about it. Um, as you're mentioning this, what pops to my mind is Exodus chapter 31. Uh, and there's a guy by the name of Bezalel. Uh, Exodus 31 is where the children of Israel are creating the wilderness tabernacle. And the first person in scripture, the first recorded person in scripture where it's recorded that the Holy Spirit falls on someone is this guy Bezalel. And he, uh, the, the verse says, um, God speaking to Moses says that I have filled him Bezalel with the spirit of God and wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all kinds of craftsmanship to make artistic designs for work in gold and silver and in bronze and in the cutting of stones for settings and in carving of wood. And he may work in all kinds of craftsmanship. So it's interesting that the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit recorded in scripture is of a guy who is gifted by God for the arts. You mentioned how like Elijah, that's a apprentice, right? Yeah. Elisha is the apprentice. Elisha. Yeah. Elisha is the apprentice. Yeah. That he jumped all in. Yes. Yep. And I, I think, I think the thing that stuck out to me is this kind of goes in with a like blank check, right? Like he, he, he realized he had a blank check. Mm-hmm. Um, when that happened, because you mentioned how important that piece of cloth was to the people at the yeah. time, yeah, and how it, it just held a power. And, and again, I don't know if like actually if you touched it, you got healed and all that. You probably have stories in the Bible where it kind of talks about stuff like that. But that that moment, he realized he had a blank check, and he realized he had to jump all in. Yeah, right. And my thing is is like he jumped he jumps all in. But, and, and I don't know if this is the wrong way to think about it, but it seems like him jumping all in, he destroyed or he burnt, I mean, he literally burnt his past. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, exactly like right. he, he, he just was like, okay, I have nothing left for me. I, I gave it all away. And, and that comes up in the Bible, you know, plenty of stories, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. The, yeah. the one thing that like kind of threw me off and I don't know if it's a cynical view of it. He had all this cattle, all in this land, his parents, you know, were back home and he just slaughtered all, I, I gave a sacrifice and they like, you know, he fed everyone and he left. And again, it might be the cynic in me, but I was like, man, you kind of like gave someone a job to jump all into. <laughs> Yeah, he could he could have been like, "Hey, I'm moving on. Let someone move into my place so they can have their blank check now." Kind of situation. Yeah, and I, I I felt that kind of odd. Like, and again, I I don't think that typically comes up in the Bible. Like that yeah, thought process yeah, yeah. of like <clears throat> we're supposed to give to others. I mean, he gave, but he gave short term rather than long term when he was given long term. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that before. I, the, the other, the interesting part about it too, is that the way the Hebrew is worded is that he, the oxen that he burns is, is one pair of 12 oxen. So he's the one pair of 12. Yeah. So he's, 
he's last in line of this kind of grow row of people. Cause like when they would plow, if you have multiple oxen, you'd have one start on one row and then one's on the next row. So you, you do the whole field in in kind of one swoop with all these. And so he's the last yeah. guy in line and there's 11 other pairs of oxen that are in front of him. Uh, and so it's, and I don't, I don't know that I sussed it out in the message enough. It's a little bit of a mischaracterization that he leaves everybody completely stranded without anything. Um, but I, I do think that your point is valid in um, what what makes it okay that he, in in a sense, burned the ships and didn't yeah. like who, somebody could have stepped up into to his role into his place. I don't know. The Bible's quiet about it, so it's hard it's hard for me to to like extrapolate that out and draw a lesson from it. But I do I do think that that's an interesting thought exercise. Yeah, I mean, it, it was mainly because it it was literally happening to him. You know what I'm right. saying? Like he was literally stepping into someone else's role that yeah. he was getting ready for. Yeah. And again, like I said, it might be the cynical part of me that was like, well, okay, you could have gave someone a job. Right. And like, right. I mean, there's, t- yeah. there's times in the Bible where I'm like, did that guy really just do that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I know they're human. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like, like really? Maybe you're about <laughs> to be the prophet. If you're about to be the prophet. Yeah. Maybe, maybe hook someone up. Yeah. Get them a job too. You're yeah. taking care of them, man. Yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> to Elijah's benefit, looking at the the arc of his life, the perhaps minor inconvenience of not providing a job for someone there, we'll look uh, at the rest of the the messages in the series uh, about how how he gives back to his community with the blessing and the blank check. So there's a lot, lot more that he does that bless others because of the situation because and and i think in a way we got to take the cultural context into into effect as well um there's there's a strong part of the culture that like you get called in this way and you are you you cut ties to the like there's no turning back for elisha and i think that in my mind is more significant than like oh i could have provided a job for somebody it's it's a physical manifestation of he's like I'm turning away from this one way my life was defined and I'm following the purpose that God has for me with no, no return plan. There's no escape hatch. There's no pull the red cord and things go back to normal. Like this is it. Is it, is it funny? Like, I don't know about funny, like, and this might be a cultural thing where we go, I'm not burning the bridge. Yeah. I'm going to have it there. Right. Just in, like, yes. like, even, okay, even you, a, a pastor, you have a college degree. Mm-hmm. That is a bridge, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that is a bridge to a job, right? right. Like you can't, you can't. It's kind of weird, I guess. Like because when you brought that up, like the, the, the cultural sense, like God calls you, you go all in. Yeah. But like in our society, even to become, I, I, again, I know it's um organizational stuff like we have organizations now we have you know people mm-hmm. are getting paid where back then they probably were just like giving free food and got provided in other ways and stuff like yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah more of like community giving yeah but like everyone called to god now is assumed and I, I would actually be interested to see how many people preach who don't have a college degree like i would actually be yeah. very curious about that like yeah. because yeah. i feel like our society naturally builds that bridge yeah, there's a, there's a lot of pre-programmed escape hatches in our society. We have insurance, there's retirement, 
uh, just a lot of things that go in to make sure that we have like savings accounts. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot. Wait, what's, what's the saving account? <laughs> Shane, one day you'll have one. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> kind of brought it up a second ago is uh the cloak like how important an object was i don't know i, I was kind of the thoughts on like your thoughts on like what it means for an item to hold a presence in it like again yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't even think i'm talking about anything too crazy but like <laughs> your presence that connects you to a memory which in theory connects you to a higher being right like right 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 having a piece of your memory tied to something connects you to a grander idea yeah. And like, where does, like, even Aventism, like, what, like, I mean, what is it like jewelry isn't like, there's like hard conversations with jewelry and just owning yeah. items. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like what, what are your kind of like thoughts on that? Okay. So to answer your question, uh, kind of like, what do we do with this kind of dichotomy of we're not supposed to hold on to material wealth, store up your treasures in heaven but there's extreme symbolism used in the Bible with material, physical things. I think that's a summation of your question, right? Yes. Okay. A way more concise, perfect version <laughs> of my question. Thank you. So, uh, so two things. Um, I think the, the premise behind, and, and you said it, don't let your things control you, right? So you can seek after material yeah. wealth and physical this and that and the other thing. And if, and if, uh, if something stands in the place of God, it has now become your God. And so if seeking after physical wealth, uh, jewelry, adornment, like whatever, that becomes like your number one thing, you've know, you've stopped serving God and you've started serving the other thing. Uh, and the second part of it is I think God desiring to express the gospel in his plan of salvation through the lens of the culture of the time and in some ways it transforms the culture and God uses significant things, material things to represent who he is. Right. And so for, yeah. I, I think of it in the, in the same way of like a kid who has like a night blanket that is just like, I, I had when I was growing up that you like a comfort blanket, right? Like that, yeah. that physical piece of, of clothing uh, is is a comfort and it's a it holds symbolism to you as well um we have this in in our church spaces right as a as a actual community our, our city has set aside a special space that's devoted only for worship uh there are you know you wouldn't play a basketball game in the middle of our of our sanctuary right some people would not feel so hot about that. There's there's certain things that you do in those kind of set aside sanctified spaces. And so kind of, I think there's a deep symbolism and a spiritual component to Elisha burning the oxen. And there's that spiritual kind of like, I'm setting aside the past. And the mantle is significant to me because it symbolizes the the prophetic office. And he doesn't receive the mantle right then. It's later on when it falls from the chariot or falls from the whirlwind that as Elijah is t being taken up. Um, and he takes it and puts that, or you know, uses it to cross the Jordan and puts it back on and, and takes up the office. And so I think the long answer to your short question um, is that there is this kind of double space of of God calling us not to hold on to material things, but also a God that recognizes that material 
things hold significance uh, in our lives. Uh, and to a certain extent, there is a separation between secular and sacred, um, but I'm not so convinced that there's a, uh, a separation between the secular and the spiritual um, or religious per se, because I think that there are people who engage in in secular spaces doing quote unquote secular things, but have very religious and spiritual experiences, um, both positively and negatively. Uh, what comes to mind for me is like a football game is a very religious experience. If you've ever been to the Dallas Cowboys and been to, to uh, Jerry's world up there, like it is a religious experience. There are worship leaders. There are, there are people that lead the songs and the chants and you're uh, a part of it. It's very, it was very trippy the first time I went there. I was like, whoa, this is, this is trippy space. So I don't know if that answers your question. It's kind of a long convoluted way to, to get there. It did give me a thought. I don't think I've ever really like kind of like, even like put together before. Yeah. But stay with me here <laughs> just in case okay. I don't get it right the first time. We're going to try. So we're going to try this. It, <laughs> again, it's the first time I've ever really thought this and it's definitely the first time I'm going to try to articulate this as well as possible. But like, I agree with you, like kind of like God, God uses like kind of like physical things like, especially in the Bible to kind of showcase like these connection points to him. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, but then I kind of thought, and like everyone goes, you know, don't be tied to the physical, there's the spiritual, but, and I apologize to anyone if this sounds absurd, but in reality, like in reality, God's tied to the physical, like truly, like his connection is like, he's not looking down at a spiritual sphere. Like, he is looking down at a physical or looking at a physical world of physical beings. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're created in God's image. So that kind of means like his likeness in the sense of the way we like to articulate and interact with our own environment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like we're spiritual beings. And like, can't like you brought up the football thing. It's like, that is a physical manifestation of what it means to be a part of a community. Yes, absolutely. Right, like absolutely, yeah. And like, I don't, I don't think I've ever thought of it. Like, we are kind of just emulating God sometimes when we are drawn to a physical, like even if it's a religious item or a non-religious item or right. a team, a jersey. It's like we're kind of just emulating what He does to tie Himself to an idea. Like He ties a relationship to a spiritually to a physical place on this, what is Earth and us, our physical bodies, like. Mm-hmm. He, he gave us physical things as spiritual beings to kind of tie ourselves to. I don't know how that sounds coming out of my mouth. <laughs> no, I, I think it's very, I think it's very well articulated chain because it, it create, it, it brings a realness to the conversation. Uh, oftentimes when we talk about gospel or we talk about the spirituality, it's this kind of untouchable thing. Not that it's like, you can't touch it. It's not like physically possible to do it. Um, but and, and that's the the beauty of Jesus coming into the world. Like the the Greek, the original Greek language in in John, where it says that Jesus came and dwelt among uh, uh, people, and and the whole process of Jesus coming was literally Jesus came down and set up his tent amongst ours. And you have this spiritual being who takes on a physical form and comes down into our physical real world. 
and teaches us how to live and shows us the way the the way to salvation and how we navigate uh, the world. I feel like sometimes it gets lost that God interacts with the physical world like the same way we did. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's a spiritual com- component, but he he is tied. Like, he has a love for a physical item. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. the earth is physical. Mm-hmm. He is something he owns. Yeah. He created. Yeah. And he has a love for it. And, like, I've always found it, again, like, and I know people aren't saying not to have a love for something. Like, they're just saying don't be controlled. But we don't talk about the love. Like, yeah. like that night blanket you have or um, that baseball you caught at the game. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's not about the actual item, but it's, like, that item is a manifestation of memories and the earth. On some level, it's God's baseball. Worst yeah. analogy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, and I, and I think what we what we as humans try to do is we try to characterize our memories and we try to hold on to those uh, the 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 important parts of life, and our memories in some ways are fleeting. And so if we can hold on to any physical representation of that, that's why people hang on to sometimes the favorite jacket that their dad wore after he passed away, um, or we. Uh, the the couple that's enamored and in love will, you know, writing letters back and forth and they'll hold on to those and, and reminisce about them. It's why we put photo albums together, physical printed photos and curated these experiences of our lives is because we have a desire to hold on to those memories in a physical sense and anything that will help us hold on to that we do. And so I, I, I like that analogy. And I think the word that comes to mind is cherish. God cherishes this earth and it's special to him. And the the representation of what this earth is, of, of humanity, of, of creation, God desires to make that new. Well, that was my conversation with Shane. Uh, I hope it was a blessing for you. It really provided a lot of insights for me that I, I kind of want to go back and re-preach that sermon. Maybe one day I will. Uh, Thanks for coming along on the journey. We're excited for what's to come in this series, Radical Faith and Leading into the Life of Elisha. And uh, super excited for what's to come in terms of Elevate Retake. So if you want to stay informed, go ahead and click follow, like, subscribe, do whatever it takes to make sure this ends up in your feed. Uh, Click the link in the description. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments. Leave us a voice message on the Anchor app. Uh, And if you don't do anything else, here's here's one thing that I, I do request. If this episode touched you, go ahead and copy the link to it and send it to someone you know needs to listen. We'll leave that between you and the Holy Spirit and let God lead in your life. We hope and pray as we continue to build this podcast community that it will be a blessing for you in your journey. Until next time, we'll catch you on another episode of Elevate Retake.